composition and layout. A face of everybody and no one in particular. No, I genuinely am an artist. I do art all day long. Most artists don't make a living out of what they're doing. I dream about it at night, trying to get those letter forms. I'm obsessed with it. Hi and welcome to this episode of Art Related Nonsense. My name's Stuart from Inspiring City and Art Related Nonsense is the podcast that we're doing with Art Republic, the gallery in Brighton. And that's exactly where we are now. In fact, we're standing right in front of the, the front entrance with Rec, who is a Brighton artist. Hi Rec, how are you doing? Hi. How, uh, have you been in Brighton for a while? Is this your yeah. hometown? Yeah, I've been in Brighton since the mid 80s, kind of uh, the beginning of the graffiti scene when it came over from New York. That's basically my involvement in Brighton, finding walls and trying to do graffiti style lettering. You know. And you came to Brighton to do that? Is that the oh first no, we moved down here. here. No, we just moved here and it just so happened that that was what was happening at the time. Just looking for odd spaces to paint, you know, in Brighton. Yeah. Must have been an interesting time there. So, I mean, the early 80s, when you think of the early 80s, I mean, you might go back and think, actually, that's the sort of the birthplace of what we might know as graffiti street art culture mm. and it all stems from the sort of that period in time yeah that... it does for britain yeah for sure i think the first stuff in britain was probably 81 82 in london we didn't really see a lot of that it sort of filtered through into brighton i think after that film beat street a lot of people started wanting to do graph you know so. beat street and yeah a... beat street that was the main sort of Hollywood film about hip-hop, wasn't it? Right. And it had Ramo and the tr- painting on the trains and all of that kind of stuff. Um, yeah, we obviously got a little bit excited about the subculture of, you know, hip-hop and breakdancing, graffiti, all that kind of thing. And, and is that how you got involved then? What was yeah, it pretty much. to that scene? Yeah, I knew one guy who was the Brighton breakdance champion of, of Brighton. Nick James, his name was. And, uh, well, it still is. And... Uh, I just uh, got down with him. I didn't really want to do breakdancing. I did graffiti. And so that's what was good about hip-hop, wasn't it? You mm. could choose which bit of... Uh, well, how strenuous you wanted to be, basically. But I've never been one of those illegal guys, you know. I didn't really do like going out tagging as much. Not so much the adrenaline sport type of graffiti. More uh, coming from an art, more of an artistic upbringing. I wanted to do proper paintings, full colour paintings and stuff. And then you, you start with letter forms, is that how you...? Oh yeah, yeah, that's, a tradi- that's basically the graffiti vernacular, isn't it? Is, is lettering, wild style, how letters connect together, all that kind of stuff, yeah. And, you, sort of, and your, your name, Rec, how did that, that come about? Oh, R-E-Q, yeah, I just chose some letters. I oh, think. Is that how you say it? Should you say R-E-Q or...? No, R-E-Q? I'm just spelling it to you. Oh yeah. Um, no, I just wrote down some letters that I thought were maybe but I like the design of you could say the R and the E fairly common and then the Q not so common so that meant I could do something a little bit different with the design you know so we're in Brighton yeah um, and we're gonna go for a bit of a tour so this yeah, is that's the streets right. you know quite well yeah that's right and uh, I've been running a street art tour in Brighton for the last couple of years now uh, maybe I'm uh, well placed to be talking about what's come and gone what what types of things we can expect to see what the differences are maybe between graffiti and street art. Let's see, where should we start? Let's go down here. Okay, this is Bond Street Lane, so it's just around the corner from the, yeah. from the gallery. Yeah. You can see a huge wall here on the side of uh, Clark's, the art shop. Um, huge floppy robot, as I call them. It's, this one's by Cine One. 
And Cinnamon's a Brighton artist, right? Yeah, he's, he's he lives in Brighton now. He's not from Brighton. You often find that a lot of the people uh, live here come from somewhere else. You can see that, the, you know, street level, it's pretty trashed with graph. And in fact, this back street, it's called Jew Street around the corner here. All, it's all just caned up with tags and all of that. These days, there's a lot of what I would call graffiti tourists. They come to Brighton just to do graffiti, to look at street art and things like that. Oh, from, from different cities and, yeah. and countries or what have you? Yeah, that's right. I think we've got a bit of a reputation for, you know, the street art scene because the council, have, they're kind of relaxing about it. They've been relaxed about it for the, since the advent of Banksy, you could say. But the uh, downside is that we get a lot of graph and it, it makes the place look pretty tatty. Uh, there's a lot of kids in competition with each other. So on the very basic level, there's a lot of tags, loads of kids trying to express themselves. And when we talk about, you know, because I suppose people just just coming to explore, you know, one of your tours, but do they get the difference between graph and street art? Oh, well, that's what I have to tell them. Um, Well, normally if someone sees a spray can, they say graffiti. No matter what you're doing, they think a spray can means graffiti. It doesn't have to be that, obviously, because it could be just tags. It could be uh, graffiti as in tags. It could be graffiti as in graffiti-style lettering. Graffiti-style lettering may not need to be illegal. It could just be that they've chosen that kind of letter for those letter forms because they want to be in that subculture, but they're not interested in going out doing all the illegal stuff. You know, we're looking at the stuff on the walls and we're trying to decide: is that a commission piece or is it a permission piece or is it illegal? You could say that anything done without permission is technically called graffiti, even though it may not be in the graffiti style. So we're looking at, you know, on the tour, we look at what the differences are between these. And in Brighton, we can usually tell if stuff is legal or not, you know. How do you tell that? OK, so we're stopping by our wall here. Look at this wall. The whole wall is painted out grey. There was something on there and it's been covered over. The green paint is probably by the council. And what's happened on the bottom is uh, Vodka and Isor have done their pieces over it. I doubt very much if they got permission from anybody to do that. What they've done though is they've come out and done pieces and if anyone stops them they can just say, no, it's fine, look, we're just we're gonna do this here, that will stop all the tags. And that's that's a good argument for, for Brighton. It's not a good argument for all the cities in the, in no. the country. And, and, and the place that we're in at the moment, I mean, it is a sort of back alley type yeah. place. And what we're looking at, I suppose, is uh, well executed. Would you say this is wild, wild style? Not entirely, no. They haven't really got the connections, but still, they have got style. These guys are sort of, they're like the first, what would you call them? The first people that come out first when there's a wall. Yeah. They come out first. Oh, right. So they do the first things on it. And so then, they break in the wall. Basically. Yeah, in some ways, yeah. They start, they'll, they'll do a thing on it and then it may get built up into something else or they might keep control of the wall and come back and paint it again next week. Or, or oh, right, okay. So there's more pieces, you see, all on street level. Because a lot of those graffiti so, pieces on it, you know. Yeah, and that's what I suppose most people would think of as, you know, graffiti. I mean, it's not an identifiable yeah. image. It's letter forms, it's the writing of a name. Yeah. Um, well, executed well, maybe but that's so. what it is. And, and is well, that's the, that was uh, basically the downfall of graffiti in some ways, isn't it? That it's, it's lettering, it's words. Not everybody wants to walk around reading words uh, when they're just walking down the street. It's uh, sort of, you read it and then you say, oh, I've read it, now what? That doesn't mean anything to me, that word, that's just someone's name. And that's why street art has risen and become the amazing thing it is because it has it's normally got images it's normally figurative or something like that and people can relate to that more easily and speaking of figurative yeah I mean, the wall that we're coming up to now is it's been popular yeah it's the angel of brighton i think i know I think, it. I think yeah that um, was the name of the mural i think he's got another name for the print 
He sold really well throughout Republic, actually. Yeah, this is Cosmo Sarsen. Yeah, he, he uh, moved to Brighton quite well last year, in fact, and uh, this is his first major piece in Brighton. And it's an impressive piece. Yeah, it's uh, probably 30 foot high or something like that. 30 foot high, high and it depicts a sort of, you know, a woman with, with wings seemingly leaping into the, into the air against a backdrop of, of shimmering gold. Yeah. Cosmo is, is known for this. I mean, I think, do you th- is he painting that or is he using spray, do you think? Or well, that's not spray paint, no, that's, that's probably acrylic. Right. He is a scene painter, he's a scene painter for films and things like that, he does big backdrops. So he's used to painting big, so he paid for all this himself. This wasn't a commission piece, but he did get permission. Um, he had to mix a load of PVA with gold glitter there to do the background. But you see at the bottom on street level, Vodka's done a piece, like a throw up over the top of it. It looks like it's been damaged, but it hasn't really. And in fact, Cosmo said that he wants his angel to be sort of leaping up out of all the kind of graph mess, basically. Mm. He's factored in the street level elements of this piece. So when, when you see a piece like this, which is 30 foot high, and obviously a lot of work's you know, gone into it, and then another artist has come over and they've, they've done a, what you describe as a throw-up, mm. a sort of quick, a quick yeah. tag. I mean, some, I suppose, recognise that that's a part of the scene, that's just the way that it works, but others might get frustrated by that, would they? Or The artists themselves? Yeah. yeah, but like, this is what I'm saying, basically, he factored in that. By having this big gap at the bottom, he knew not to paint anything good on the bottom, so the, the bottom four foot or so of the wall is pretty much just gold glitter, and she's leaping up out of it, and they won't be able to reach up to her foot there. She's untouchable. Is, is there a... Um, because I would describe someone like... Cosmo, who's done the the angel as a, a street artist, and then yeah. and then vodka as a as a graffiti writer, perhaps. Yeah, that's right. And is there um, some tension between the two, the graffiti and street art? Would you say? Yeah, but it's all one sided, really. Graffiti guys are more upset about street artists than the other way round. Like I'm saying, since the 80s, graffiti guys had the walls to themselves, and now there's street art. There's less room for graph. So these guys doing graph can't haven't really got the spaces. And people prefer street art. They can't. Re- they find graffiti inaccessible. The lettering, the wild styles, or whatever. It's a sort of uh, masculine sort of posturing that is maybe a little bit 80s, a bit sort of outmoded, really, right. as an expression. So um, you see graffiti guys going over street art, maybe maliciously. We're going to see that in a minute, probably. When we, when we go and look at one of my pieces that's just been gone over. But so, so you painting in in Brighton as well so you hmm. but you started your career as very much a graffiti writer on the street would you say and then you've evolved into street art well I was never really a pure graffiti artist I think that was well from about 1987 I painted I, I did an ongoing commission on the back of rounder records which was I had to copy photographic album covers uh, such as uh, I did uh, Alexander O'Neill's hearsay album cover they used to give me like 30 quid's worth of records or whatever and anyway that was a photographic thing that I did uh, in spray paint and that was something I could do and that is what you would have called what you would call street art now but wasn't called that then it wasn't it was just a spray it was spray, muralism well you called it spray can art in those days right <laughs> now it's called street art it doesn't have to be done in spray paint does it no, I don't yeah. suppose it does, no. as, as long as it's these on, the, days. on the street. Yeah, these days. But uh, graffiti guys wouldn't necessarily respect it unless it's done in spray paint. Uh, they don't like stencils, graffiti guys. Is that why you think someone like a Banksy gets quite a lot of tagging? Yeah, I think so. People are jealous of his uh, success as well, I would think. There's the idea in hip-hop graffiti of selling out, basically. You shouldn't sell out, <laughs> which is a ridiculous idea. 
You sh shouldn't make money out of doing what you're really good at. Oh, right. So <laughs> when they talk about selling out, they're saying you might be selling your work. Uh, and, selling and you out, um, yeah, just making money out. Of it. This is a really ridiculous idea. Hey, look, there's a Minty piece over there. Right, okay. So the Minty is a, um, another local artist. Yeah, he's, he's local now. He's actually uh, he's from America, I think. Uh, but he lives here now. He, uh, you'd say he's in a sort of pop art vein, really. Um, he does paste-ups. We're looking at one now, it's not really typical of him, although the, the bits around the side are, which are stencils painted onto newsprint paper, um, and then he comes out and slaps them up in a few seconds. But the main figure here is, uh, is sort of reflects on some of the stencil pieces he used to be doing, but now it's a photographic print he's done, and it's done in um, eight A3s pasted up together with a few, with a few stencil pieces on top. Like, patterns and stuff. It's a woman sitting um, with her, her hands together as if in a meditation yeah. sort of yoga pose but yeah. she's wearing a nun's habit and then around around there's a series of hands holding guns which say I love you. Yeah. And I suppose that's it, it gets you to think doesn't it what that might mean. I don't know well you could say maybe he's triangulating towards some meaning that isn't isn't exactly explicit. He's leaving it wide open to interpretation. But someone like Minty, a paste-up artist, mm. that comes up and creates a piece of work in a studio, perhaps, or, or then comes and it's a quick process to put it on the wall. Yeah, yeah. Do you get a lot of that sort of type of art, the paste-up, the sticker? Yeah, there are a few more people. In fact, since he's come out, there are people emulating him. But yeah, there's this, uh, we can't quite see it now, but there's these people broke, they're doing, these, some of these were money, they were coins. Uh, mm. they, look, they, they often look like they're, sort of commenting on the economy or something right, like that. It's sort right. of a little more political. So that was behind that? that yeah, that's what Scott I like about the street. When we come on the street art tour, we see multi-layers of things, like tags on the wall, and we see some paste-ups, and we see another bit on top, and then there's layers more tags, and we sort of try and look at it as, um, from a kind of almost archaeological point of view. What was there first? Um, what led one piece to be stuck over another, that kind of thing, the dialogue. Yeah, and there's a history of a wall, isn't there? Yeah, that's often right, often. even though it may only be, you know, a year or something. Yeah, where are we heading now? Um, I don't know if it's, it's something else that just... Should we go up to, to, the, um, to see some of your pieces? Can do, yeah, we'll go up to Trafalgar Lane. You know, um, I'm unsure if we've seen anything by a woman yet, and this is something that I'm always looking for when I do my tour. If the percentage of male to female is changing, if it's the same, if it, you know, cause we've probably only got two percent, maybe, that are women. What do, females doing any art kind on the street, of yeah. anything on the street at all? Yeah. Why do you think that is? Oh well, it's obvious, really, isn't it? Because graffiti still has quite a strong hold on the street scene, and graffiti is basically the sort of thing a man would want to do. Oh, do you think that's where it's a sort of, kind of cultural thing? So if you go back yeah. to the '80s, you know, I can see that. I mean, I can see the underground type movement, painting on trains and all that. Being... Well, there's a sort of heroic gangs of New York idea, really, isn't there? Where a man wants to go out and be brave. We don't have any war conflicts and things like that to uh, to engage the young male uh, energy. So they're making up these games for themselves, coming out, writing on walls, posturing, competing basically. with each other. Yeah. In, in who can get highest? Who can yeah, go further? Exactly. Being the most dangerous. It's more like an a, adrenaline sport, which is something maybe that women aren't that predisposed to do. You see here a massive piece by Snub on Trafalgar Lane. A huge ugly robot basically <laughs> and anyway it sort of occurs to me when i see cinna one's floppy robot snub's big 
grumpy robot, you could say, or whatever. In some ways, there's, there's an element of self-portraiture which I find quite interesting. Sinner 1 is a bit like a big floppy robot himself. Mm-hmm. Not maybe less robotic, but he's big and floppy. And uh, Snub is a bit more like that. He's, uh, he's a bit fearsome. Do you think that, so you think that a lot of these artists are, are projecting themselves into For some sure, of their work? Oh, yeah. I think, I think you'll see it. Once you get this idea into your head, you see, you see it everywhere. In fact, over here, you can see a collaboration between Snub and Maz, Mazcan. Uh, Snub has done his isometric patterns in, in the background, stencil patterns, and, and Maz has done a kind of quite a sort of strange uh, little crazy sort of portrait of a woman looks like it was copied from a photograph over the top and that in some ways is a kind of little crazy self-portrait I think even it isn't of her but maybe expressing what she might be thinking at the time yeah she's trying to put some image out there yeah that represents herself in fact, we've got quite a few pieces down this, this sort of alley. Where, where is it? Trafalgar, Trafalgar Lane. And it's yeah. a bit of a... I mean, it's covered with graffiti. And actually, the artist that we've just been speaking to, Mazka, about Mazkan, a number of her works are, are here. Yeah. And, uh, and actually, just, you know, a female artist. Yeah. So this is the first one we've seen, really, that we can identify. And all of the images she does is of a female face. Mm. So the idea of maybe being some kind of... She's reflecting femininity on the street. Whereas someone who's doing lettering... Like we see Feck here, he does lettering quite a lot, but he also does this grumpy monkey, which is, there's one over there and one over there, yeah. And in fact, if you see him, he does look a bit like a grumpy monkey. And <laughs> he admits to it too, you know. So he combines the lettering, but also with characters. Yeah, well, he does this one grumpy monkey, which is kind of a totemic sort of face, you could say. Ah, oh, look, there's my piece. There's a smudge piece over here, and... Um, Somebody has done a kind of, th- part of their throw-up has gone across the face. So to see what we're looking at here, it's uh, a woman's face peering out at us and against the backdrop of a, a cloudy sky with, with seagulls. Quite an atmospheric piece. But yeah, someone's come over and they've... Is that a tag? Is it a throw-up? That's a throw-up, basically. I can see Ifux at the bottom. That's the, the kid's name, but he's written XUF. I'm not sure who that is. The style's not quite good enough. I'm, no, I'm just being uh, horrible to them because they've gone over my. Uh, you see, my you don't piece. like. Yeah, see, that's your piece, and it goes yeah. on what we're saying about the, the other work. I mean, what what do you feel when you see something like that? Well, it's obvious in a corner like this, it's going to get gone over. But the thing is, I did the majority of the face in black and white emulsion, and I think that is not quite graph enough for them so they feel like they've got to, well they've got a right then as street uh, sorry as graffiti guys to sort of go over it in a kind of blam you know ah we we do graph not manly enough or something <laughs> so looking at your style then you know, you're using yeah paints uh, right well so i've used spray, the, yeah no there is spray paint i've used black and white emulsion to to do the the general face and then i've used transparent spray paint to bring up the tones in the face and the background and then a bit of um, pure white as well to put the highlights in but you know it's in a little corner like this and it's bound to get uh, trash yeah really. it, it seems it seems a sort of area which i mean it's it's out of the way a little bit in a car park and yeah uh, i mean tell me something about your your style and how you go about your work oh yeah you know I've, I gave up all the graffiti lettering and all of that and when I wanted to put stuff on the street or uh, do canvases and stuff I needed something that was strong enough in motivation so I always work with a muse these days I don't got, hear that word very often these days a muse. No, maybe not I, I don't know because I use it all the time for me I, I need something uh, a focus so I can do 
I could paint anything, you know, I'm quite good at drawing. I could paint a tree or a building or whatever, you know, but I need something to focus everything down so that, so that it becomes uh, cohesive, you know, and that I feel something for it. So unless I don't feel anything for it, I don't think it's going to be of any value, you know. It's meandering a bit, but I suppose I'm coming around to the idea that there's a lot of mess on the streets. If you look at the streets, there's tags, there's all sorts of people, they're testing out their styles and there's maybe too many colours. It's all one thing after another and it all ends up getting pretty gnarly, it's pretty ugly. And most of the boys, they love that. They love to get their can and go and just do a massive scribble across a wall. But I've been through all that. Now I want to uh, do something beautiful, so I do a picture of my muse, who I call Smudge, and uh, try and put her face around wherever I can. And so this is this is working with the muse to draw on the street, but also in in studio and canvas. Presumably. Yeah, I work on yeah for, for my canvases and prints and things like that. Yeah. Mm. Ah, look, this is by that guy that went over me. Forget. Well, is, that, is that the same? I, see, I wouldn't be able to, yeah, to tell what that says at yeah, all. Yeah. Yeah. But you can you can read. I mean, I'm looking and and it, and it looks, just looks like a, a, a mess of of lines. Well, he is he's he's sort of hatched it in pretty roughly, and that's what's uh, throwing you off a little bit. But if you just concentrated on the yellow outline, you'd be, maybe be able to make the letters out. But then I'm schooled in lettering, so I can read most graph as long as they know a little bit about what they're doing. You know. So um, I developed this style that I call spray paint realism, which is using, uh, I use Belton Molotov Premium Paint. It has some really good colors that are kind of semi-transparent. And with that, I can build up more subtle tonality and make things look not entirely photographic. That's why I call it spray paint realism. It sort of it gets translated into spray painting. Yeah, because the pictures, when I look at your, the art that we've just seen of your muse, which is a portrait, it does look like it's been seen through a, a bit of cloudy glass or what have you, and it's, but it is yeah. it's, like a, it's like a person, it's not stylized, yeah. it's not graphic anyway. That's true. I think it was, a, it was a definite movement of mine to get away from working in line all the time. I had been drawing uh, from life all through my graffiti career, you know, portraits of people, but it was all linear and I decided to go into a tonal, to work in, in tones only and get rid of the outline. In fact, that seems to be what a lot of people don't do on the street. On the street, it's very graphic, isn't it? It's um, like pop art, it's a sort of graphic, hard edge, linear, uh, easy repeatable, cheap to reproduce style that you see on the street mostly. So I'll show you the one around here. Oh, right, I see. So this is another, I mean, where are we? Over Street, Yeah. Um, near the, the Prince Albert pub, and it's the same it's the same woman, she's yeah. staring out, she looks like she's holding something in it and then there's, uh, there's a photograph, it looks like a photograph of her swimming in the yeah. in a aqua sea. Yeah, that's right. It's on the side of Bing Hitchcock's gallery. She's holding up a cloth, which sort of originally had an abstract pattern based on one of his paintings. But it got some tags on it, so I've painted this, what I think of as being a postcard of her on holiday swimming in the... In the um, in the Atlantic, in the Algarve. And so looking at this and thinking about your side, are these, do you paint from life? Or, because you always, you've got, always got the, the muse there. Yeah. That's your inspiration. Or do you take photographs? How do you? Well, yeah, I use phot photography for sure. <laughs> there she is in the water. I'd have to set up a big tank, wouldn't I? And have her in it. No. <laughs> anyway, yeah, I work from photography for sure. And I've got this technique that I do where I zoom up, I can zoom up the image 
I'll have to show you at some point. In fact, um, maybe I should also mention that I run spray paint lessons. I've got Spray Paint Academy for Boys, which uh, costs £25 an hour. It's a shameless plug. But the best one is Spray Paint Academy for Girls, which is free spray paint lessons for women, because I'm trying to balance back out this mismatch, or at least it's not, it is a mismatch, but we're, we're trying to overcome the fact that graffiti was predominantly a male thing, but now street art is here women can do stuff too so I give free lessons for women so I want to know what the streets would look like if they were in charge for a bit you know and, and I suppose from the work that we've seen already and certainly from my view of you know women on the street you know it is more accessible in some way you see less of the sort of hard tagging yeah that's for sure you see more of the the portraiture mm -hmm. in my view yeah and it does seem it's not a you know a one-size-fits-all but it does seem to be more accessible i think so uh the color palette is different it's broader in fact i think men tend to fall back on formulaic the formulaic uh, formula of graffiti basically which is proven to be cool but we want we don't want the same stuff over and over again and it's a problem with graffiti isn't it that it's a style and in order to do graffiti you have to do the style and so it's just it all looks the same basically that's what I find a little bit tedious. So we've been walking around the streets from Art Republic pretty much to Frederick Place, which yeah. is the, uh, the Prince Albert pub, which also has a, a great big piece of yours. Yeah, should we And also, a uh, this is where the Banksy Kissing Policeman yeah. is. Shall we yeah. have a look? It's a noise here. We'll go around the corner. So just around the corner from the, the Prince Albert now, and you've got this massive mural of celebrities. Dead celebrities. Dead celebrities, yeah. They're, they're well, dead dead musicians. Dead, dead musicians, okay. Yeah. And it's absolutely packed. I mean, that took us just... Do you just keep adding? Well, yeah, Aretha Franklin died yesterday, didn't yes. she? So we've got to put her on somewhere, and I've just been looking at it today to see where I'll be able to fit her in. But, but this was all done last summer, over a period of four weeks. You can see there, I had some of my female apprentices from my spray paint academy came and I've been training them on the, on the job, so to speak, so that they've got some experience and feel confident to go out and do their own thing. It doesn't have to be, I'm not saying do what I do, I'm just saying, come on, it's not that hard. It's learning. Yeah, just feeling familiar with it. How did you get the idea to do a wall of dead celebrities? Well, it was the, um, it was the landlord. John Peel, the DJ, died, so we put him up first. That was uh, on the previous incarnation of this wall. And then he wanted uh, George Best. The Kissing Coppers was already there. That's, that, that's the Banksy. Yeah, that was already there. And, and then Sinner One had a conversation with Chris, the landlord, and he said, I want to get the whole wall done. Sinner One couldn't really do my style, so he got me in and I taught him my style. Now he can do my style, but that was an old incarnation. But last year, they had to re-render parts of the wall, so they, they went to scrape it off and a lot of it came off, so we redid the whole thing. And uh, we were up the scaffold for four weeks uh, doing that. But I managed to shrink down a lot of the faces this time, so I'm not getting to life-size, because that would be too hard in spray paint. But it's all freehand spray paint. No stencil work there of any kind. So this, this pub, the Prince Albert, is a bit of an iconic pub now, probably oh, yeah. mainly because of this wall and yeah. the Kissing Coppers. I think so. It's a, it's a street art destination. Yeah. One of the main street art destinations in Brighton, I think. And uh, it's partly because most of it is out of reach, so no one can really go over it like you could down some of the other streets we've been down. And looking at the Banksy, when was, when was the Banksy done? Do you remember that? when it went up? Or? Uh, that would have been 2009, I think. And it was, I think it was there when John Peel died. I think it was there when I painted the original John Peel. That's not an original Banksy anyway. Oh, that's the, that's, it used to be there and then the copy was placed over it. 
as far as everyone's concerned, that is an original. They still go and pose in front of it and put it on Instagram. And that is nothing. One of the barmen painted that. <laughs> is that right? Blimey, yeah. blimey. Well, it's a good recreation. Well, you find out these things if you come on the tour. I mean, someone like Banksy, you know, I suppose it's quite interesting, you know, just how much someone like him can transcend into the average person on the street. Reckon when you think of street art, you think of graffiti, you immediately go to Banksy. So how important yeah. is someone like like that and that image to the to the street art scene? You are right. Well, if I'm if I'm painting on the street, people come up and wink at me and go, "Are you Banksy?" Haha. <laughs> and they're only joking, but they're showing their ignorance in a way because that's the only person they've heard of. But it's not their fault. His PR did a very good job getting him out there. So they feel like they've discovered him, and he's the main one. He's the only one. Your question. But I was thinking in terms of bringing people into the movement, bringing people into urban art, getting people excited about a war like this. Maybe they start off with Banksy, maybe then they go into it. I suppose so, yeah. It's an entry level one, isn't it? Yeah. It's, got, it's got a quick value to it, hasn't it? You see it as like a little joke and then you go, haha. And then maybe you're looking for something a bit more. And there's a lot of people emulating Banksy. Not so much in Brighton. We haven't got a lot of stencil art in Brighton, to be honest. So the, the Brighton scene in general, then, how would you describe it? It's pretty mixed, and I'm happy about that. Obviously, I'm keen to see more stuff by women, just because I feel like it would just look nicer. I think I trust the woman's aesthetic more than I trust the man's, but that's partly because I've been in graph for too long, and I'm a bit sick of it, to be honest. Um, a little too much tagging in Brighton at the moment. Yeah. It's really difficult for the council to keep on top of. So more permission and commissioned art would be better. Is there something about getting more space for artists to experiment you know, with? Maybe there's a space for, for taggers and then more walls open up for Yeah, you can't, really, you can't really police the taggers, they're just going to go and do what they've got to do. But as a street artist, you build up a little portfolio, then you can go to a building owner or a shop and say, I can do this, let me, let me get rid of all them tags by doing something a little bit more noble. <laughs> And, and what is it the way, I mean, you'll be doing some work with Art Republic soon, what will that be? It'll be my street art tour for an Airbnb experience thing that people can book via that. And I take people around two hours, we start at Art Republic and we do a loop around, we try and see, we basically see what's new and I give people the, uh, the secret knowledge, you know, what's going on. Yeah, what's the hidden histories right, of the streets. That's right, yeah. and anecdotes about all the different artists and that, the most wanted the uh, people from different countries that come in, you know, it's, it's changing all the time. That's uh, why I keep doing it, I think. If it yeah. was the same all the time, I'd get really bored. There's such, an, there's such a, a history in terms of the art on these streets, isn't there, really? Mm, yeah, I suppose yeah. you can find out. Well, Rick, thanks for talking to Art Related Nonsense.